Welcome to Take It EV, your go-to podcast uncovering the world of electric vehicles and the clean energy revolution, and evolution as well. <laughs> I'm Greg, your host, and I'm thrilled to have uh, have you here today. Thank you for listening. Uh, we have an awesome interview for you today. We've got a special guest joining us, David Martell, a visionary behind Polar Network and the currently CEO of Anderson EV Charging. And uh, he'll be sharing his invaluable insights with us. Before we dive in, a quick heads up. Uh, this recording was made at Fully Charged Live, so there's going to be some background noise. Despite that, um, I, of course, want to express my sincere gratitude to the wonderful team at Fully Charged Live, especially Dan Caesar and Robert Llewellyn, for granting me access uh, to the show. Uh, this made episodes like this possible. I would like to thank today's sponsor, or sponsors, my awesome patrons. If uh, if you would like to spo- uh, you know support this podcast, um, just it's totally optional. Just check out the uh, patreon.com slash takeitev. I would really really be grateful if you do, if you do, uh, you know, support me. But again, totally optional. Now let's embark on an exciting conversation as we delve into the industry and the latest developments in EV chargers. You're listening to Take It EV. I've got David from Anderson with me. David, would, you know, introduce yourself and tell us what you're doing. What, what's, what's going on? <laughs> Hi, well, yeah, thank you. Thank you for inviting me on this. Um, yeah, my name is David Martell. I'm the uh, CEO of uh, Evios PLC, which owns Anderson. Uh, my background is I've been involved in the EV industry for, I think, 15 years now. So uh, uh, and in 2008, uh, uh, I formed uh, Chargemaster. Uh, we built that up to be the biggest uh, manufacturer and operator of charging points with 400 staff, the biggest public charging network, Polar, um, uh, over the following nine years. And we sold it to BP. Um, so I then took a couple of years off, uh, but recognized that the EV industry was still in its infancy. Lots of new cars coming on board. Government saying by 2030, all new cars got to be electric. So I could see there's still a, bu- uh, a great business opportunity. So formed uh, Evios, uh, and we uh, launched the um, Evios uh, One product um, in April 2022, um, which has gone very well. It's a high-tech uh, uh, charging point for home use and business use with a pin so you can select a uh, number of different users, different, different reports and so on. And then in October 2022, uh, we uh, saw that um, Anderson EV had gone into administration. So we negotiated a sale of the business um, and within a week we completed it. Anderson's a a great product, it's unique in the market, the fact that it's got over 100 different uh, specification choices in terms of colour, finish and so on. It's got a very clever cable arrangement where you, although it's a tethered unit, the cable is completely hidden when it's not, not in use. So we bought it in, uh, in October, we've grown it, we've recapitalized it. It's gone very, very well. We're growing sales at 
growing every month by about 15%. And uh, we're here at Fully Charged uh, showing it off and we're very pleased with it. That sounds amazing. Um, <laughs> I, um, do you mind talking about uh, your previous endeavors or is there any, you know? No, I mean, I, mean, I, uh, Charge, I mean, before Chargemaster, I, I ran a company called Traffic Master, a telematics company. And we floated that on the London stock market. But uh, I've always been passionate for the last um, uh, 15, 17 years about electric motoring. I've, and I've, I've, I think I've done half a million electric miles. I've, got, I've had uh, so many electric cars that <laughs> I, 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 I can't recall them all. So, uh, so yeah, I'm very passionate about um, uh, helping people go electric with... Um, uh, and we, we, we're pretty good at growing a, a business from a low key to uh, something very successful. We sold uh, Chargemaster to BP for 130 million. Uh, I didn't own all of it, but I owned you know close to a third of it. So we did quite nicely out of that. Um, and uh, we look at doing a similar thing again. Um, what made you start, you know, Chargemaster as a business? Um, um, well, this is going back to 2008, 2009. Yeah, because, like, you know, back then, if you think about it, rapid charging, back then, obviously, not too many electric cars on the road. Very few, yeah. Yeah, so the customer base, obviously, limited. Um, what made you, you know, that's, that's like early pioneering. Like, what made well, you go that way? Well, in, in, um, in those days, um, we, we got a, through a previous business, uh, Traffic Master, got a lot of connections in the motor industry a lot of friends in the motor industry and we could see this move towards electrification it was happening and thought well actually there's going to be a big business opportunity in getting involved in in uh, in charging um, car manufacturers don't know much about charging cars uh, and uh, didn't really think they were going to get involved in it so it was really an opportunist thing we saw the business opportunity uh, I've got a you know, uh, a bunch of guys around me that, that tend to come to where I'm going in terms of business, including my chief technical officer, Jeff Solomon. And between us, we develop the products that we think the consumer wants. And uh, we grew, um, we grew uh, Chargemaster from literally two people. Uh, I can remember the first Christmas lunch we had with just a couple of us there. <laughs> and steadily built it up and went very well. Um, raised, initially raised some venture capital money to, to do that. The venture capitalists all did very well out of it. Um, and I'm glad to say, obviously, with the latest venture at, uh, they're doing that now, I could finance most of it ourselves. So, uh, so the, 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 fundamentally, I'm a businessman, yeah. but with a passion for electric uh, technology and electric yeah. motoring. I mean, it's amazing to me because one of the things that you often hear is, you know, I'll buy an electric car. I mean, what I used to hear, I've been driving electric since 2016, so not as long as you have, but, you know, quite a long time by now. Um, and, or, no, 2015, actually. And um, what I quite often heard from people back then was, oh, I'll buy an electric car when there's enough charging on, chargers on the road. And you would hear from charger manufacturers, or sorry, car manufacturers, OEMs, oh, we'll build electric car where there's a demand for it and you know it's like a vicious circle and somebody has to break it and yeah. you know it's always uh, always amazes me that somebody comes in and says no we'll do this even though it's not very popular now but I can see this is going somewhere. Um, well, well it's a matter of seeing the business opportunity and using a bit of 
commercial judgment on where it's going. Uh, I mean, most people, uh, I, I think the press don't, uh, the media overall, unfortunately paint a bit of a complicated situation for charging an electric car. It's actually very easy. Yeah. <laughs> Particularly if you've got off-street parking. You don't have to have off-street parking, but 70% of people do. And if you, um, uh, if you uh, have off-street parking, put a charging unit at home. You can have low-cost electricity, often 10 pence a kilowatt hour, so maybe a third of the cost of, of, of running your car compared with using maybe public charging. And um, you put your, a lot of people ask me, well, uh, how long does it take to uh, charge your car? <laughs> and I, yeah. I always say three minutes because I get home at night, I plug it in, go in, have my dinner and go to bed. Yeah. And I come out in the morning and it's fully charged. Um, so it's very simple. Uh, people make it unnecessarily complicated. And at, at, uh, with Anderson, we try to make the whole process easy and an attractive proposition. Um, in terms of public charging, well, if you, most EVs these days will do 200 miles. There's very few that do less than that and on, on a full charge. If you've got 200 miles, for 90% of the time, you never need to think about anything about charging apart from at home. Um, and I mean, I do 20,000 EV miles a year and I've only used public charging three times in that year. So, um, and then, you know, I, mean, I had to go up um, to north of um, uh, north of uh, Birmingham the other day. Uh, and it was a journey I don't do that often. But I, on the way back, I thought, okay, well, I'll stop just the motorway service area to top up. Had a cup of coffee, put 30 miles in, in 20 minutes, and carried on. And it all worked. Uh, so I think the charging experience actually overall is is pretty efficient now people you know i'm sure 120 years ago when people said about what about these horses carriages and what are you going to do to fuel them because there's no petrol stations around well before very long there were petrol stations because there's a commercial need for them yeah, yeah and it's a bit of a situation as you probably see here at fully charged live there's a number of public charging companies some of the oil majors bp shell others are also putting rapid charges in. It could be more. Uh, I mean, I think when I sold the business to BP and I was involved in their strategy for a year before I left, uh, I said that you need to put rapid charges in every BP station. So if you see a BP sign, uh, you know there's a rapid charger. They're not there yet, but they will be. Uh, same with you know, the likes of Shell and so on. Um, so, you know, charging is pretty straightforward and particularly charging at home where um, it's so easy. You know, if you had a, a petrol car and you could fill it at home, uh, you, would, you would do that, wouldn't you? Yeah, that, that's it. This is, this, this is something that nobody who's never driven an electric car for a while can comprehend is the fact that, you know, you, your, your charging station is at home. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, the, the, uh, I mean, I, I have so many other questions that I can ask you about the, uh, you know, Charge Master and, and, and things, but I don't know which way you want to go. But the, um, with Anderson, the, the main proposition is obviously a good-looking charger that kind of blends in with the environment and the cable is hidden so you can't even see it. 90% of the time when I drive past a house that has one of them, I don't even see it straight away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's exactly the point. They're, they're the two key. I mean, it's got lots of nice features. It blends, it works with solar, works with low-cost tariffs. But the main uh, unique aspects of it are that it looks attractive. You've got 
different fascias, different colours, over 120 different uh, variants of, uh, of colour and finish. So you can blend in with your house and it's got a cable which uh, wraps up inside it uh, and is cleaned automatically when you, when you put it in with, with some brushes. So it looks attractive, it's unique in that area of the market. We work, we got uh, the preferred supply with Jaguar Land Rover and with Porsche, we're in discussions with other luxury manufacturers and we see as the market goes forward um, that uh, more and more people will be discerning about what goes on the side of the house. Yeah. You don't want to, you know, uh, uh, there's a lot of wall boxes that, you know, you just got a cable hanging down. It works, but, um, you know, it looks pretty scruffy on the side of your house. And, you know, so our Anderson unit might cost, um, you know, three or four hundred pounds more than others. But if you're spending a lot of money on an EV, um, maybe you know, a lot of cars, you know, these days you could... Uh, you know, easy spend, you know, fifty, sixty thousand pounds more. A Porsche, maybe over a hundred thousand. A Range Rover, hundred thousand pounds. To spend a little bit more on having something that's aesthetically very pleasing, that you're proud of when you've got visitors around saying, "Look at this!" You know, where's the charging point? You can't see it. It's <laughs> it's it's a it's a good one investment. You probably know when you if you know if you buy a, a new car these days, particularly at that sort of level, you get an option list where you can have. Um, you know, different colour lighting inside, you've got different wing mirrors, you can have carbon carbon trim and things like that. And those options are often very, very expensive. And so, you know, to spend uh, a few hundred quid in, uh, in getting a really nice looking charging point is, is something more and more people are, uh, you know, t are going, going for. Yeah, uh, um, you mentioned the uh, um, solar. Yeah. What, what level, so I, I've got a Zappi. Uh, which yeah. is my energy product. It's quite famous for you know the the redirection of of solar energy. Does your uh, does Anderson work the same way? Or, uh? Yeah, it, uh, our unit um, does everything the Zappi unit does um, uh, in terms of solar in integration with off-peak electricity. So you can you can choose to um, you can choose to just use solar. So if you're you've got your car car park for a four or five days you can leave it on it'll charge it completely even in the British climate uh, you can choose to use a mixture of solar and the grid um, so it's fully it does all, all that um, and um, all the same with uh, off-peak electricity increasingly going forward I mean we've had a disruption in the energy business in the last two or three years it's now getting to the stage where um, energy companies looking for customers and they're looking for customers that will use their use electricity at times when there's plenty of supply. And EV is perfect for that because you you know you don't uh, uh, you don't do your cooking too much at two o'clock in the morning. No. But you do charge your car, so it's yeah. perfect. Uh, the EV's perfect for using some of that renewable electricity that's that's available that time of day. So we do, we see increasingly uh, energy companies that are offering tariffs that are very attractive if the if the charging point can use it um, and it's I was making the point that um, people I know you know with petrol and diesel there are a number of apps around which show you where the cheapest fuel is particularly used by taxi drivers and things like that and people will go maybe a diversion of a mile or so to get petrol two or three pence cheaper than somewhere else yeah so that's you know maybe a you know a, a, a very small uh, saving uh with elect with electric charging you can literally do more than half half your cost yeah um, public charging as you know is pretty expensive um and so charging at home 
uh, particularly if you can take advantage of solar and you can take advantage of uh, low-cost tariffs is, uh, you know, certainly. I think as the market matures, people are going to get, and obviously, you know, people with, with podcasts like, like yours were helping to get the message across, people recognise that actually they can save an awful lot of money. Oh yeah, we, we currently have seven and a half pence uh, per kilowatt hour uh, at night, yeah. uh, between half midnight and half four, I think. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, it cost me like two quid to charge the car yeah. uh, from zero to full if I wanted to, uh, probably a little bit more. I can't really, I can't really do the, that much maths in my head uh, in the morning, but you know, it's cheap. Yeah. <laughs> it's just and, and, and people, I mean, I think where we can spread the word is uh, let people know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that, sh that actually makes running an EV very, very attractive. And, uh, you know, particularly if you mix it with solar. Yeah. Uh, uh, and um, it's something that's so easy too, because, you know, if you've got the right kind of charging point, like, uh, like the Anderson unit, you, it does that, all that sort of stuff automatically for you. So you don't have to consider, okay, well, you know, I've got a, I mean, we have an app that is very intuitive, uh, and so you just set it up so that you know ch you, you let, let, let it know what you want. If you want to boost it and charge more quickly, you can do that very easily. Um, and um, you know, you can wake up in the morning and see you know what what your car's done overnight. You know, by just looking at your app whilst you you know get, getting out of bed. So it's great. You know, it's a great experience. And I think um, yeah, the very fact that there's so many people at you know shows like this shows that. There's more and more people going towards electric motoring. Oh yeah, I didn't mention the fact that we are fully charged live, which is why there's so many noises going around in the background. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, this show, I've been here third or fourth year now. It just grows steadily every year. Uh, there's more and more people coming in, more and more um, you know, different businesses showing. And I'm just amazed, like, you know. Uh, yeah. I remember the first, one of the first ones of these was just the whole or even half of it. But they originally had the Silverstone, didn't they? Yes, the yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was quite small by comparison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, um, so with the uh, with the uh, the Anderson, um, we obviously as we get getting the electrification, you know, domestic electrification of cars and other things going, there's going to be more and more demand to have multiple chargers at home, potentially. You know, I don't think that's the case, even if you have two cars, but there might be times when you need to charge two cars. Yeah, yeah. Do you see yourself expanding into that, or do you have any we, offering? We do that already. Uh, okay. I mean, in my, in my home, we've got two, my wife's got an electric car, I've got an electric car, so we've got two units. Okay. Um, the, the limiting factor normally is the, um, uh, is the supply into the house. Yeah. Um, you know, most cars um, charge at seven kilowatts, um, which uh, is fine for most, but to, to charge, um, it, it, most houses have got a maximum 100, 100 amp supply to the house. So we have the ability to balance the, the power between two units. And, uh, and that's um, something I agree with, with you, it's gonna be more and more. If a, a two car family wants to charge at the same time, you, might, you probably often won't be able to charge at the full rate uh, with both cars because not nothing to do with the charger unit or the car is the fact that the supply going to the house yeah um, and I mean it's interesting in mainland Europe most uh, houses have three-phase supply correct yeah uh, fairly unusual in the UK about 30% uh, of our chargers 
a supplied three phase. We do a three phase 22 kilowatt unit as well as a seven kilowatt unit. But the the, the thing is to give flexibility and and um, uh, and if you want, to, you know, if somebody wants to upgrade, a, you know, their supply is often quite expensive and often it's unnecessary because. Um, uh, you can. You don't need to have your car, top your car up every night. Um, I mean, particularly you know, like my wife is often home in the daytime more than the nighttime. So you know, nighttime I can charge my car, and my wife can charge in the daytime. So, yeah, yeah. So you know, and it, and you can set all this up pretty easily. Yeah, I I, um, I charge at home. I work from home most of the time, and uh, unless I go to a show like this or visit family or people, other friends. Um, but yeah. In the summer, it sometimes gets to the point where there's enough solar energy going into the car that we have to go for a drive in the evening, just so that the next day we can top up that much more. So we just have a nice jolly in the evening, when it's, you know, in the summer. <laughs> so when it's a nice free day. of charge. Exactly. Uh, quite literally. Yeah. <laughs> even though it's obviously from solar is quite is much cheaper than or um, than even using the um, the cheap electricity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I, I think. Going forward, I'm often surprised. You know, we, again, we are fully charged, and there's quite few other car uh, charger manufacturers here, and loads of them don't have that option. And I always kind of wonder, like, this is like one of those things that's probably not difficult from a technical perspective, um, but it adds so much more value. Uh, absolutely, and I think increasingly, um, the customer will want something that's intelligent that can do that kind of thing. Yeah, and we we cater for that. That um, not only you've got an attractive product, but you've got something that does everything. You know, we got, you know, as I mentioned uh, a few minutes ago, we've got a lot of experience in this industry. We've got a great technical team. So as more and more opportunity, electricity tariffs get smarter and smarter, uh, we're always keeping ahead of the game so we can work with those to give the customer uh, low-cost charging. And indeed, you know, I think that area of the market is going to, you know, expand and expand. And people want something that's easy to use too, don't they? They don't want to, you know, have to to spend, you know, hours looking at how do I work this app, how do I figure it all yeah. out. They want to be able to plug it in and it charge and to know that it's charged, have confidence that it's all working. It's all actually very, very straightforward. <laughs> and we, yeah. we, you know, in the industry with uh, with Anderson, we're trying to make it not only straightforward and easy to easy to use, but something that actually looks attractive on the side of the house. Yeah, um, go, going back to. Uh to your previous ventures, uh, then, because uh, yeah, I mean, the, the the car charger sounds amazing, and I, you know, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna have a nosy around your booth and and have yeah. a look at it. Um, and if I if I could get a unit to review, uh, I'll be you know I'll be happy to take it home for a for a spin. Going back to the uh, you know Charge Master, it it must have been pretty hard to find hardware back then. Um, find hardware? Yes. To, we to developed it all ourselves. Oh, okay. Um, so we designed uh, the electronics, the PCB. Um, the, the units weren't as sophisticated in those days. Uh, we hadn't got an app in the early days. Um, we had a seven kilowatt and a 22 kilowatt unit, effectively a dumb charger. Um, so you have to go through all the safety approvals, EMC and all the rest of it. Uh, and we probably had 18 months, two years development. Uh, we launched the first Charge Master charger and you see them still around. I mean, they're the oval ones that. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, and I know friends who've still got them after you know ten years. Um, 
uh, but fairly basic. Um, in those days, there was a subsidy for home charge units. Yeah, you could get them for free for a while, you, actually. For a while, you get them for free. That was abused by a lot because people were yes. taking abuse of it. I, I still know some people who never own an EV, but they have a charger on their yeah. drive. And they were probably paid to put it, put it on their drive. It, yeah. it was a mistake by the government. But the, um, so we, we, we started with the home charger unit. We did public charging in the posts, um, both 7 and 22 kilowatts. We developed a uh, DC 50 kilowatt unit and uh, established a public network uh, with um, some seven and a half thousand chargers across the country. Um, and I say that um, it was going; it went very, very well. We were going to float the business on the stock market, and then I had approach from BP, uh, and I said, "Well, you know, if we can negotiate." The right kind of terms uh, will sell rather than float it. So you know, it's, it was fun. Um, a lot of the people I've got uh, uh, quite a number of people that work with me at Chargemaster came across to the current business. Okay. Um, a lot of a lot of experience there. My head installation engineer was with us at Chargemaster. We, we had 35 electricians on the road there. My PA and office manager was a charge master. She's with me now, so we got and, and, and same with good, as I mentioned, good team basically. A good team, yeah. yeah. And it's you know we're very. I think we're pretty good at growing a business. And the focus is making sure that what we produce is is what the customer wants. Yeah, I at mean, the end, end of the day, <laughs> yes, that's the key. That's got you know you got they to, pay the bills, right? Well, <laughs> you, you you've got you know you, you, I, I can remember you know people in uh, I've dealt with in, who are involved in the. You know, currently involved in the oil industry, say, well, we're going to we're going to blend the market so that people, everybody wants to charge at a filling station with their electric. Well, you can't blend the market. You've got to go what you know. Basically, the consumer what will do what they, they want to do. Yeah. And uh, charging an EV at home is the easiest possible thing to do. Yeah, like I say, three seconds, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Plug yeah, in, walk it, away. Exactly. And, and, <laughs> and as, you, as you mentioned a few minutes ago, it can be as it can be cheap. It can be free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, did did you guys were at any point involved in? Because um, Chargemaster, I remember um, visiting the uh, the place um, in Luton or Milton. Yeah, in Luton, 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 Luton. Yeah, okay, uh, Green. Uh, just to do the the test drives because because okay. uh, you guys had a program where you would give a car for a week if you won the raffle. That, that was at Milton Keynes, yeah, oh, the EV it? Experience Centre. Uh, yeah, but I'm sure there was one in Luton as we, well. We possibly did it from Luton. Yeah, yeah. I think we did. Yeah, but um, at some point, I've seen, I've seen the, uh, I've seen you, uh, you guys had uh, inductive charging as yeah. well. Are you, are you still thinking about or looking into it? Or the, we had a partnership with Qualcomm, the big American company. Yeah, uh, they were actually one of our shareholders, a small shareholder in Chargemaster, and. Um, Qualcomm had developed, well, they'd actually bought the technology off a New Zealand company called Halo. Uh, and um, we worked with them to commercialize it. We had a number of cars, a Nissan Leaf, a BMW i3, um, used for demonstration. We had a unit outside our office, you might have seen. Uh, and it works. Um, the challenge with, and we, we worked with Formula E to put um, inductive charging on uh, the BMW i8 uh, course cards, safety cards, um, and to promote it, that was being paid for by Qualcomm. 
The challenge with inductive charging is, um, is it's a bit chicken and egg. You need to have the cars with the equipment on, you need to have the infrastructure. Um, and, and from a car manufacturer's point of view, it's um, the technology it basically involves a big copper coil on the bottom of the car yeah. and a controller and the rest of it. And by nature, that is quite heavy and quite expensive. And there's two things car manufacturers are always trying to take off their car is weight and money and cost. <laughs> yeah. And so it will come um, it, as it's come with mobile phones. You know, a lot of mobile phones you can charge uh, inductively, wirelessly. Because um, it's great. You know, the idea that you can park your car at home or park your car outside the office and just get out of it and it charges. Yeah, you, it's you, great, great you get fun. away with, uh, you know, you reduce that three seconds to zero, basically. Exactly. You yeah. don't have to worry about it at all. And the technology works. Um, I think the commercial side of it's going to take a little bit of time. Uh, I would see maybe five years, you'll get one manufacturer. I, I mean, it's quite easy to do. BMW, we, we were working with BMW on uh, a uh, wireless charging system for the home. They would sell the pad that goes in your garage at home with the car. Well, they're actually leasing it because it's quite expensive. Uh, the, the challenge they got, so basically when you bought the car, you could put the pad in the garage, so when you got home, you, you just charged wirelessly. So it didn't have to be uh, compatible with other manufacturers' units, because that's the other thing. That's, uh, the challenge there is just cost. Okay. Um, and I would say this will probably come at some of the higher-end cars. Uh, yeah. it, they withdrew it from the market because of, it just wasn't commercially viable. Yeah, I mean, like, like I say, it's, you know, uh, the kit needs to be in the car. It's, uh, if it costs money to in put in the car and then you have to put something in your drive, the overall cost is going to be thousands probably. It's it, it, yeah, it, it came out at a cost of three or four grand. Yeah. Uh, so it was, uh, but it'll come. It's a very attractive proposition. Yeah. Um, I think the only problem with these things that, that I, when I tested, you know, it's uh, one location is the, the parking, the fact that you have to park very carefully. Um, yeah, you, you, the, the, you can't just the, turn up on your drive. The and system and we had had a little screen in the car with yeah. arrows so you could see whether you're aligned. Yeah, but have you seen people parking in the public <laughs> car parks? <laughs> um, well, well, you have to make the assumption people can follow that, but it's, but it, it, it's not too difficult. And the, and the system that we developed was uh, sufficiently tolerant that um, you could, um, you know, you didn't have to be ultra precise you know, yeah. as long as you're within a few inches of the location it would tell you and if you're a little bit offset it just lose efficiency it still work okay any any other exciting things that you guys were working on or, or can i ask you what do you see going on in the future what do you think what do you see the industry is doing you know in the next five years we, we talked about the um uh the inductive charging you think might make a return yeah. anything else you you uh i i, I think um I think more and more people will have, you know, EVs. Um, most EVs, you know, there's going to be a big shift towards some of the Chinese manufacturers. Yeah. Um, I don't think, uh, you know, uh, uh, I, I think the consumer is going to be sport for choice. Um, I mean, we already are. Like we already, <laughs> we already <laughs> are to a degree. But some of the Chinese, the Chinese market is the biggest in the world now for EVs. Uh, is going to, you know, and some of the manufacturers over there, the quality is really good. The Teslas are built 
in China are actually better quality, in my opinion, than the ones built in Germany and, and, and in California. Interesting. Probably in that order. <laughs> um, and, um, and and some of the new Chinese manufacturers, um, we we all our electricians um, uh, that install our charging points for Anderson are um, we we want them to be you know. Uh, drive, you know, the driving around the country in EVs that isn't an electric light van that has sufficient range on the market at the moment which yeah. is crazy, I think that's going to change in the next year um, but uh, and we need 200 miles at least um, and so we, we have a fleet of uh, MG5 state cars we've got, I don't know, 15 or something like that, a great Jap uh, I mean, MG is old British, British yeah. brand, but of course it's Shanghai Automotive, and it's a really good car, yeah. good quality. You know, all right, it's it hasn't got some of the uh, bells and whistles that you know some European cars are, but it's very good and very well, but very well built and a seven-year warranty. So uh, we see uh, the Chinese coming uh, str very strongly into Europe, um, but also from a charging point of view, I think making giving a bigger variety of of, of um, the aesthetics on a car, we think it's very important. People are going to be more and more um, demanding in terms of what the unit looks like. They want it easy. They want it to um, to work with solar, work with uh, off-peak electricity more and more, and they want it to be simple to use. You know, yeah. so you know, you, have, uh, you, know you, you, you buy your EV. You don't need to open the user manual to see how to. Uh, to charge it. Yeah, um, just like you do with your phone, right? You don't, you exactly. don't have to think about it. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, nice, you know, more and more sophisticated apps. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's exciting times. I think, I think um, wireless charging will come. Um, it's going to be a matter of which OEM is brave enough to, to take it. I'm not a great believer in battery swap. Um, some of the Chinese manufacturers you probably know are doing that in China. It only works with one brand really because every OEM has their own uh, intellectual property in the battery. Yeah. Um, and therefore, you can't really swap a battery unless it's the same mark and model. Um, uh, so, I don't think that will happen on a big scale. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, it, 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 I think just more and more and better quality, better range. I'm a great, you know, now when, when EVs first came out, you'd probably remember the first. Nissan Leaf probably had a 80 mile range. Yeah, if you're lucky. <laughs> if you're lucky, and you know, for the heater. I know one of our guys at, at uh, Chargemaster used to live in Basingstoke. We were based in Luton, and his Leaf was, I think, it was a couple of years old, so the battery was starting to degrade. And in the winter, he'd come in with his coat and everything on because he he couldn't have the heater on as he drove uh, to work. Um, uh, I think you know now most most uh, EVs have got a pretty efficient and. A, and the batteries, you know, as I say, 200 miles is the, appears to be the norm. If you've got 200 miles, I, I think that's pretty adequate. If you've got 300 miles, that's great, but, um, you know, 200 miles is adequate. Yeah. Um, and um, so, yeah, more, more of the same, really, which is very exciting, really. Yeah, and um, with regards to Anderson, um, do you guys going to be, or are you involved in public charging at all? Or? No, we don't intend to be involved in public charging. There's plenty, plenty of people already. We don't, Anderson is uh, home charging and we will be bringing our workplace charging. Okay. Um, we don't, I think public charging, although there's a lot of publicity in the 
in the media about not enough public charging is coming. Uh, there's plenty of people in that, um, both destination charging and um, uh, and rapid charging. Um, all, all the major players in energy will have charging networks, and you don't need to have an app for each one of them. By law now, everybody, everyone has to be usable on a contactless credit card. So, um, you know, uh, you don't need to worry about, oh, whose who's make is it? Uh, you just have a, a credit card. Um, so we're not getting involved in uh, public charging, but we will be doing workplace charging. Most companies, uh, we believe, will, all, their charge, all their parking areas will have chargers on for their staff and for their guests. Makes sense if you if you if you're working for a company and you want to drive to work every day, you need exactly. to plug in somewhere. Right? Yeah, and we in our office we you know we got chargers outside and, the, and we got of the 40 staff we got half of them with EVs. So we got outside the office you know that, uh, quite a number of uh, cars being charged all the time. Great. Um, and in in terms of like the future of Anderson, um, what do you see? What, what can you say anything about like what's coming next or we, we, we're expanding as I say our sales are growing pretty rapidly we expect more and more partnership with car manufacturers with energy companies as well and um, we um, we will be expanding into Europe uh, later this year some of the, the key markets in Europe um, but you know we're very proud of the fact that it's well built it's um, reliable we've got uh, a uh, supply chain well established so that if you order one online today is shipped tomorrow oh, wow. uh, despite the fact that there's a choice of 120 different variants so our production line is sort of pick and play so the core unit um, plus if you want a wooden fascia that's just fitted on so put in the, uh, with, uh, with the unit and uh, and it works um, and and also with a premium product such as Anderson we need to give a high level of customer service so we've always got somebody there uh, six days a week to talk to if you want some advice. Uh, one of our, um, our sales team uh, at uh, Anderson uh, offer you consultation. So if you are thinking about buying an EV and thinking about charging and you're not sure what you need, uh, you can book online a consultation for 20 minutes with our That's amazing. Uh, salespeople. So uh, no obligation. Yeah. Obviously, we'd like to encourage people to buy of the course. charging unit. Yeah. But uh, you know, with a lot of them, they just say, "Well, you know, I'm thinking of buying a, you know, a, 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 a BMW or a VW or a Tesla. Uh, how do I charge it?" Yeah, yeah. And, and the level of education. Unfortunately, you still go into a many car showrooms, car dealer showroom, and the salesman doesn't know know an awful lot about EVs. Um, so we're, you know, our team of experts is there to help people. Yeah, I always tell people when they go and buy a car at a, um, you know, dealership, just go in, go in and know what you want because they'll try to sell you whatever the flavor of the month. They Indeed. have to push that, that, that month. Indeed, <laughs> and often the, you'll know more than they do. Exactly, you know, yeah, I hear that all the time. <laughs> you probably know more. The bonus question, if I may: um, the vehicle to char to grid. Um, what, what is your, what is your thoughts about that? What's your thinking? Um, I, I, I tend to be somewhat controversial on V2G, vehicle to grid, um, because um, fundamentally um, the technology works, no problem with that, but I ask the question, why do you want it? Because um, the, the, the issue is most people use their car, not everybody, but most people use their car in the daytime and they go home and they charge at night when they go to bed. Um, and uh, so you're, you're 
putting the energy into the car at night time and using it in the daytime. The concept of when you get home at night with the, in the car, plugging it in so you can take energy out of the car and put it to the grid doesn't work if the, the car hasn't got any energy in it. Yeah, yeah. And that's a fundamental flaw that I think, I tend to think it's a, as why I, I admit to being fairly controversial about it, is that I think it's a technology looking for a, an application. I, I have to agree from, like, as an engineer, I, I see the same problem. Like, you know, it's, you're not there when, when you need it. And uh, in the middle of the night, you want to charge. And also from solar perspective, like, you know, your solar production is going to be during the day when you're probably not there. Unless yeah. you're like me, you work, for, you work from home. But yeah, most people are not going to get the full use out of it. I do think there's applications for, um, like some of the American pickup trucks are doing, using the, the, the vehicle as an energy, energy storage mechanism for when you're camping and things like that. Oh yeah, that's, I love the idea that's brilliant, of, yeah. Yeah, I love the idea that you, know, you can go touring, uh, you've got a... Um, you've got a pickup truck, you stop and go camping and you plug all your, your TV, your, your barbecue and everything into the, the vehicle. I, think, I love that. I, I, yeah, I saw, I saw people on YouTube uh, driving the pick, like one of those uh, F-150 Lightning, which is a massive truck, yeah, yeah. Um, and having a band standing yeah, yeah. on top of the bed and yeah. just playing in the middle of a field yeah, to like yeah. cows or whatever. Running off the, the yeah. battery. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think oh, that's okay. brilliant. I think that's great. But uh, I, I think, uh, you know, the technology, V2G works, but, you know, why do you want it? Yeah. Uh, that's that's great. Uh, that's, I, yeah, I, I think I have to agree. Anyway, thank you, David, for your, for your time. Uh, anything else I should mention? No, you're welcome. I mean, uh, if anybody wants to uh, learn any more about Anderson, it's uh, we've got the Anderson EV website and uh, lots of um, uh, graphics of the unit, customer case studies and things like that. We've got over 13,000 happy customers and uh, it's going very well. Um, we're very excited about the future. But thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk, to talk today. Uh, thank you for you know, spending the time. Cheers. Thanks. I hope you uh, you enjoyed this discussion with David. Uh, I think it was amazing. Thank you, David, for your time. Thanks to Evie from Anderson for organizing this. And remember, if you have any feedback, suggestions for future episodes, feel free to reach me uh, out at Take It Evie or connect with me at Mastodon at Take It Evie at uh, Mastodon.social. And listen, if you're not on Mastodon, you're missing out. There's loads of really cool folks there. If you have email, you can have a Mastodon account. It's that easy. Trust me. Um, anyway, don't forget to subscribe leave a review hopefully positive if you have any negative or or you know or scolding comments um perhaps don't um uh, or just send me an email share the podcast with the uh, fellow ev enthusiasts if you know, you know somebody who's not listening to it please do let uh, your friends know i would like to grow this podcast uh, beyond the, you know what it is now um and of course stay tuned for more content because uh, we're just going to keep on exploring the world of electric vehicles and the clean energy revolution. Anyway, until next time, take it easy.